What's going on, everybody? This is Pastor Josh, and you are listening to another episode of the Preach That Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Episode 11 of the Preach That Podcast. Yes, episode 11. I double-checked on my files on my computer before we got going on this, before I started recording tonight, before that obnoxiously loud vehicle just drove by on the road, so hopefully you can't hear that once I edit it out. Anyways, episode 11, thank you so much for checking out the Preach That Podcast, whether it's your first time, whether you're a return guest, listener, I guess if to be a guest, you have to be on camera, uh, like Brother James has been several times. So, listener, follow-alonger, whatever you want to call yourself, we need to come up, people have a lot of names like... uh, uh, Tim Ross has a podcast called The Basement, and so his people are called The Basement Dwellers, and and we've got, there. there's all, everybody, all the podcasts seem like they have their followers, their listeners have a name. So hit me in the comments on YouTube, uh, what should the name of the listeners of the Preach That podcast be? Uh, I, we got to come up with something. I got to know how to refer to you guys because, well, I probably don't know all of you personally, and I may or may not get an opportunity to interact on a regular and or semi-regular basis. So hit the comments on YouTube. On your way to the comments, make sure you hit the like button. But comment on YouTube, what should the followers, the listeners of the Preach That Podcast be? Uh, we'll come up with something here in the next few episodes, and we will we will stamp it. We will make it signed, sealed, and delivered official. Anyways, all of you who will be named later, thank you guys so much for listening, for tuning in, watching on YouTube. Uh, making sure you hit subscribe. The, the YouTube channel has been growing. Like, yeah, it's still not, I, I don't have a million followers yet and a million subscribers, but it's growing. God is using it. We're getting hundreds and sometimes thousands of views on some of the shorts that I'm putting on there, uh, getting the truth of God's word out into using media to get the gospel out there, to get the truth of scripture out there for people to see it. Most of the people that interact with it, not going to lie, disagree. That's fine. You guys that disagree, keep on coming back, keep on hitting those comments, boosting the videos into the algorithm a little bit, but also giving me an opportunity to interact with you, communicate with you, and share the truth of the gospel and the truth of God's word with all of you. I love it, and I love all of you guys. Thank you so much again. This episode is going to be a message that I preached on January, what was the day? 8th, I believe, uh, the second Sunday of the year, January 8th of 2023. Seems crazy that it's 2023, and if somebody's listening to this in a year or two or five or however many, they're going to think I'm nuts because it was a year or two or five years ago. But anyways, uh, this is a couple weeks ago that I preached this message. This is one that God really put on my heart when we were on vacation, uh, heading out to New Jersey to see my wife's family, uh, which I clarify that it's not just my wife's family, they're my family too. I've always felt extremely welcome, like like a part of the family, 100,000%. So I clarified that a little bit in the message, and I'm going to try not to recap like the actual trip itself too much in the intro portion of this episode because I cover it very thoroughly in the actual message, in the actual podcast episode. But we were on a trip out there going through the winding through anybody that's headed out east uh, from Ohio and West. If you've ever driven through Pennsylvania and driven through the mountains on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, man, it, first of all, it is gorgeous out there. I love traveling through there. Don't know if I want to live there. Probably not the greatest uh, wintertime driving experience, but I, it's beautiful. I love driving through there. I love just being out there, heading out to see family. Um, and that is where this message that you're going to hear here in just a little bit was born. Um, it was a quiet, peaceful car ride. Praise the Lord. Almighty, it was a quiet, peaceful car ride with three children, an almost two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old in the back of the van, but it was a great trip. We loved it. We had a great time, Uh, but it was actually in that trip out east at the end of December where this message was born, and God had just really poured it into me. Uh, The title of the message is called Merge Left, as you probably saw in the title of this video and or audio podcast, wherever you're watching and listening. Um, Speaking of audio, we're getting closer and closer to hitting our first goal uh, to the, will take us to the next level on the audio side. So even if YouTube is your favorite, even if you have only watched and listened on YouTube, please go over to Apple or Spotify and stream it, download it, uh, listen to it over there. That would do a huge favor for me, and we would really appreciate it over here. Everybody that's involved with the Preach That podcast, we would really appreciate it if you did that. But anyways, back to the real reason of the video, the real reason of the podcast. Um, the title was Merge Left. Uh, another title that I could have gone with was Get Out of the Way, which honestly, I kind of like Get Out of the Way a little bit better. Um, it's a little more direct and to the point, and 
it, maybe it may have ruffled some feathers and so I shouldn't have done that. Maybe it's a good thing I didn't do that. But merge left, get out of the way, scoot over, um, get out of here. You know, something along those lines could have all been fitting titles for this particular sermon that I preached um, that you're going to hear. But it's focused mainly in Galatians chapter 3 was the main text for this episode. Uh, Galatians 3, if you have not read Galatians 3, I would encourage you to either pause this and go listen to Galatians 3 or listen to this message. I guess you could also listen to the sermon part of this and listen uh, to me read portions of Galatians chapter 3. But if you are not sold on the fact or not convinced of the fact, so I'm scrolling through my notes here for the sermon uh, while I'm talking so that I can hit a few key points that I want to really... Uh, emphasize on this message. Galatians chapter 3 gives you a perfect picture and a perfect defense for the fact that the gospel is grace, that we are saved by grace through faith. Now, you can't leave the faith part off of this. By grace through faith. We're saved by grace, but it's not grace alone, because if it was just grace alone, everybody would just be saved, and it would you would have to do your part and, and enter into a covenant relationship with Christ to accept your salvation. So it's by grace through faith. Faith is a key part of that, but that is where salvation comes from. If you don't believe me, listen, watch my other videos. If you don't believe me, read scripture, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate it to you, study yourself to show yourself approved a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We've got to rightly divide the word of truth, people. Rightly divide the word of truth. We're saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Galatians chapter 3, Paul also gives an example of that, the importance of understanding where our salvation comes from. So Galatians chapter 3 is kind of the meat of this message uh, that I, I started reading on Galatians chapter 3, and then it was uh, a little while, maybe, I don't know, I don't know how many minutes it was, it was a little while until we got back to it, because I want to kind of like lay the groundwork and the foundation so everybody can understand this message that God had been pouring into me. Um, that's something that I do love about preaching, I love about sharing God's Word, is that I get the sermon first, I get preached to straight from the Holy Spirit. If I will never share anything with you guys that I have not been preached to myself straight from God first that I don't understand and that I don't believe. So if the words are coming out of my mouth in this context, whether it's me physically preaching on a Sunday morning, whether you're watching it later online or watching, listening to a podcast, I prepare with Jesus first, okay? So this is not just me going off on something. This is something that I'm convicted in my heart about because I know that I've spent time with the Lord in discussing it and researching it and studying it and understanding it. Another thing that I shared that it just blew me away uh, that I want to read to you real quick is a study that I had found that shows that church membership has dropped from 73% in 1965 to 47% in 2021. If that doesn't wake you up, I don't know what will. I, I don't share it to, to frustrate or disappoint or make anyone upset. I share it because it's we need a reality check of the church. I've done other videos where I talk about the importance of being in church, um, talk about apologetics, talk about spiritual warfare. Um, being in church matters. I've talked about it a whole bunch. I've gotten a lot of pushback from uh, different communities, both churched and unchurched communities on this fact, but church is important. And the fact that church membership has gone from 73% to 47% is heartbreaking, but it's also it's disheartening but it's also concerning. Since the year 2000, listen to this, the year 2000 church membership has only gone down. The, the number of people in America that belong to a local church that attend regularly and faithfully has gone down only since 2000. Here it says it went from 69 to 70% from 95, 1995 to 2000. So for a five-year stretch, it went up 1%. But since the year 2000, it has gone from 70% to 47%. Guys, believers, I'm talking to you right now, believers. It is important that you are in church, and it's important that you bring other believers and non-believers alike with you to church. It's important. God, Jesus established the church for you and for me. It's important that we get to church. I don't know why God has had that on my heart so much recently in the last two or three weeks, but it is, it is important. 
that you get to church, that you get plugged in at a church, be active, serve. The Bible tells us that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. He came with a servant's heart, and we should also come into his house, into his body of Christ with a servant's heart. It's important that we are in church, plugged in, serving, and not just going to church. Listen, going to church no more makes you a Christian than sitting in a garage makes you a car. Going to church no more makes you a Christian than sitting in a kitchen makes you a hamburger bun, okay? Going to church doesn't save you, but it is an important part of the sanctification process. It is an important part of your relationship with Christ, getting into church, serving in church, serving the—listen, when you're serving in church, you're not serving other people. You're not taking care of kids. You're not serving meals. You're not cleaning. You are serving the Lord. The Bible tells us that whatever we do, do it as unto the Lord. You're not serving people. You are serving the Lord. You are serving the God that loved you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. That is why it's important to serve in our local churches. That's why it's important to be active members of a church when we believe in Jesus. So, I will try and move on from that point. I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'm going to try and move on from that point. But anyways, Galatians chapter 3, it's an incredible chapter of the Bible. I encourage you guys to read it, check it out. It's, man, it's just, it's packed full of good stuff. But this message is one, I don't, I don't intentionally seek out sermon topics or scriptures or titles to go after the church. I try I don't actively think, man, how can I rip into some Christians today? Okay, that that's not my heart, that's not my intent, but it's I didn't want to say but because that is my heart. For some reason God leads me to these messages on occasion because I mean, we have to stay awake as believers. We have to have reality checks every once in a while. We have to check ourselves and make sure that we are meeting the needs that God brings to us. We have to make sure that we are walking in the calling that God has given us. We have to double-check ourselves. We've got to do some quality control every once in a while, because if we if we never did quality control in the church, I mean, in my opinion, it kind of got pushed off to the side for a very long time, we see where we're at now. Church is not the same, the body of Christ, and when I say the church right now, I'm talking about the body of Christ is not the same as it was back in the day. Okay, back when the majority of people believed in God, when the majority of people were were going to church and plugged in and serving at churches, back when the majority of people understood the foundation that this world was built on, and that being the Lord. We're not there anymore. The basics aren't the basics anymore. People don't just believe in God because they know it to be true anymore. People don't just default to God because that truth is embedded in all of us. The basics aren't the basics anymore. People are getting further and further from the truth, further and further from God. And we've got to make sure as believers that we do some self-checks on ourselves and on, on the body of Christ, on each other in love, to make sure that we are upholding the standard and the calling that God has for each and every one of us. So that that's why it's important. There, I know there's some pastors out there that will only preach a sermon that fills you with hope and with joy. And man, I hope and pray that I deliver messages that bring hope and joy as well. But we also have to make sure that we're getting some reality checks in there, that we're getting some conviction from the Holy Spirit. Listen, we're not perfect, which means we can always improve as followers of Christ. We aren't perfect. Jesus was. Because we're not, we can always take steps to get better, to be better, to love better, to serve better, to lift up better, to encourage better, to correct in love better. We're, we're kind of okay at correcting, but in love is kind of where a lot of us miss the mark. There's a lot of people out there that hate Jesus, that hate God, that hate Christians, that hate church, because there are people out there that are great at correcting, but not great at correcting in love. Everything we do must be drenched in love. It must be surrounded and on a foundation of love. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. You have to love people first. That is something that is missing a lot in our churches and in our Christians, our believers, and our followers of Christ today. The love 
that established the very foundation of the belief system that we rely on. Love is so important in all of this. We can never lose sight of that. Um, anyways, I don't know. It's been 15-ish minutes, maybe, give or take, that I've been talking here. So I'll try and wrap it up so you can guys can get into it. I try to keep um, most of the episodes as close to an hour as I can. I enjoy long podcasts, but sometimes I get started on it and I get in and I, I listen to the first 40 minutes and then I got to go do something and then I forget about it. I never get to finish it. So I try not to make them too long. I mean, I have completed some podcasts, man, that were two and a half, three hours long. If, if it's good enough, people usually stay. So hopefully you guys are staying. Uh, hopefully that means that it's good for you, but we'll get ready to get into this episode. Um, there's going to be a quick little ad that flashes. Uh, it's not even an ad. It's just me talking again, um, explaining a few things um, and showing how you guys can uh, explain how you guys can support this ministry, this movement, this gospel mission. Um, but before we do that, uh, before we do that, actually, I want to pray with you guys. So if you're watching YouTube, like don't look at the phone because I'm going to take my hat off to pray or hats a lot because I'm losing my hair, guys. Let's just be real about it. Not crazy about it, but hey, anyways, doesn't matter. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. So I want to pray with and for you guys, and then we will get into the message. But Father, I just thank you so much for each person that's listening to this right now, each person that's watching this online, however they're getting these words into their ears, what I know that you have ordained it, I know that you have brought them to hear this message for a specific reason, Lord, for their good and your glory. May the words that I've said already that that were said in this message that I'm about to share be your words, Lord, that you would use it to convict our hearts to righteousness, that you would use it to grow us in our spirit, to mature us in our spirit, to grow us closer in relationship with you, and that you would just bless each person that hears this, Lord. And whatever way that they need. God, I just ask that you would just show up and make yourself known to them in a real and personal way and, and, and affect their lives for the better and for the gospel and for the kingdom and for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray this. Amen. Thank you guys again so much. Cover my head back up here. Thank you guys again so much for listening, for watching, subscribing, follow along, uh, sharing. Uh, sharing on social media is huge. If you see any of the shorts on YouTube or reels on Facebook or Instagram, make sure you guys like those and share those as well. That would mean a lot to me. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I think I just changed my handle to Pastor Josh MC. So if you want to search on Instagram, Pastor Josh MC, you can find me there to follow along. I'll be posting clips there a lot. Um, some just ran. Sometimes I'll post my family updates, life updates, pictures of my cute kids, and that kind of thing. So if you want to follow me along on Instagram, it's Pastor Josh MC. You can do that there. That's also, I believe, that, that they just changed on YouTube where you can actually have like a handle now. So my handle on YouTube is also Pastor Josh MC. Uh, if you want to look it up on YouTube that way, if you're listening to audio. But either way, thank you guys so much. I love each and every one of you. Here is episode 11, the good part of episode 11, the meat of the message, if you will, of episode 11 of the Preach That Podcast. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Preach That Podcast. If you are, there's a couple things that you can do to help us out. Number one would be to share this on social media, either the YouTube channel or Apple or Spotify. However you consume this content the most, get the word out there with your family and friends. That's a huge help, especially on YouTube. If you comment on each video that you see, if you hit the like button on each video, that does a massive service to us as we try to get this promoted and get the truth of God's word out there for people to here. The second thing that you can do is actually go to a website and that's www.newimpactministries.org. Now, New Impact Ministries is a nonprofit organization that my wife and I started back in 2021 to help families, to help individuals in our communities. The meaning behind the mission is right there in the name. We wanted to start something new to make an impact in our communities. That's what it's all about. We've helped people all across America so far in the year and a half that we've been established, whether it's utility bills, gifts for people around Christmas time, groceries, you name it, we've probably done it or done it some way to help somebody somewhere. So you can give financially at that website. And obviously, whether it's the, the ministry, whether it's this podcast, you can support us through prayer and getting the word out there and sharing it as well. We love you guys so much and we appreciate all of your help, all of your prayers and all of your support. And now back to the episode. Whenever Allie got here this morning, she was like, wow, that was a fast one. So you guys might get to lunch early today. I don't know. Now, I'm, I'm glad you guys are here this morning and it, 
this might take 15 minutes. You might be here for two hours, whatever the Holy Spirit leads me to do. That's what we're going to do. So, but anyways, I want to get right into the word this morning. Galatians chapter three, if you want to turn there in your Bibles or if you got the, you can only get your phone out if it's for the Bible app. Okay. If it's not the Bible app, it's a sin. I'm just kidding. If you want to get the Bible app out and get it open or open your, open your Bibles, it will be on the screen also. Galatians chapter three. I want to read the first 14 verses of Galatians three. And there it says, you foolish Galatians. Can you imagine if you were the Galatians and you opened up chapter three of this letter that Paul wrote? And it's like, whoo, <laughs> Brenda was making the face that I made in my mind. Like, okay, <laughs> it only goes downhill from there. Well, just a little bit, but you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. I, I read this with a little bit of Paul attitude in it. I feel like I just feel like he's he's really calling him out here. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law? or by your believing what you heard. So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning, Lord. May every word said here today be only of you, Lord. Hollow me out and fill me with your Spirit to speak your message this morning. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul gives a pretty incredible explanation of the gospel and what part faith plays in that. He's very clear-cut, precise on the difference between the law and grace. There, it it reminds, reminds me of Ephesians 2, 8, 9, where he talks about that we are saved by grace through faith. It's probably one of my favorite verses, probably many of you, and I hope it, you guys at least like it a little bit because it's printed on those blue pens that are out there that you guys are taking notes with. It's kind of a, one, of a, one of the core scriptures that we, that we lean on as Christians. We are, we are saved by grace through faith. And Paul takes us right through that, pointing out the difference between law and grace, works and faith. It's crucial that we understand that as we get into this message and as we go about our everyday lives as followers of Christ. I love Galatians 3. It, this clears up any confusion. I don't know what it is, probably because we're approaching the final days. But for the last three to six months, I have been in conversation with more people than my entire life combined that have tried to convince me that we are saved by what we do, that we're saved by works. Some people go as far as even to post on social media, saved by grace through faith is a myth. And I just don't understand. It's not even just Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Galatians 3. There's so many places in scripture where it prints it out plain as day that we are saved by grace through faith. If, if you're confused here this morning or somebody watching this later online, there is nothing that you can do to earn the love or the salvation that comes from Christ. It's by grace through faith. It's a foundation that we have to understand and that we have to share with others in love if we want to get anything accomplished for the kingdom. And I want to I wanna set Galatians 3 on the shelf for just a minute. I promise we'll get back to it. But I want to share a little story. As we here a couple of weeks ago, Al and I took all three of our boys on a 13-plus-hour road trip out to New Jersey to see. I told First Service, I say Allie's family, but they're my family too. I've never felt like not family with them. But just as a, as a uh, clarifier, it's her family that lives out there. 
grandparents, aunt and uncle, cousins that they call us Auntie Allie and Uncle Josh because that's just a, we just have a special relationship with all those kids. Uh, but so we went out there, and because God freely gives wisdom to those that ask, I went to the Verizon store before we left, and I got a mobile hotspot for our van so we could have Wi-Fi on the trip. It, I mean, that was sent from heaven. Okay, that's all I'm that's all I'm going to tell you. We went and got that. We could hook the kids' electronics up to it. It was incredible. So we make it in, in two chunks, two days, about seven hours each day. And on the way there, between the 14 hours, we stopped a total of three times. And on the way back, we only stopped twice in two days. It was incredible. God is faithful. That's all I got to say. It was wonderful. He was with us, no doubt about it. But as we were driving out there, has anybody ever driven out east and taken the Pennsylvania Turnpike at all? Several here. There were several, a lot more in first service than I thought and a lot more here than I thought. Uh, it's beautiful out there. I love driving and twisting through the mountains. It reminds me kind of of driving down through Tennessee and the Smoky Mountains and stuff. We've been down there a couple different times. But as we were driving through there, I just heard the Lord speaking to me. An unusually quiet car ride, considering the fact that we've been in the car for hours and hours. With that Pennsylvania is not close to here, if you didn't know that. So by this point, I was sure that it was just going to be chaos, but it was wonderful. And I was just sitting there in the, in the surprising quiet of the van. We got the kids going. I turned on the noise cancellation version, uh, uh, feature on Allie's AirPods, so that way she didn't have to listen to anything either. And I was just cruising along, and I was just listening to, to different sermons and, and videos on YouTube about uh, Christ and Scripture and testimonies, and I just love watching all that kind of stuff. And so I was just listening to that as we were driving through the mountains and, and all the twists and the turns, and God was just pouring into me and speaking this revelation to me of what I want to share with you today. But as we get going through there, and, and I've, I've, we've driven out there at least a dozen times. We've gone out there a lot. Uh, we've been married for almost eight years now, and we've gone out there at least once a year, if not twice, uh, to see. And we've gone out there a whole bunch, and, I, and I've been on the turnpike many times now, and I've seen the, the little emergency stops and the few straightaways that they have there. There's, the road opens up really wide to, to the right if you haven't been there, and a place where you can pull over and stop, and they've got trash cans, and you can change a flat tire or a dirty diaper like we did last year for Caleb whenever he was little. And, and we pull over there, and you can take a break or handle emergencies. There's also these service plazas that go along the way, basically because you, there's nearly not many places to get off of the turnpike. There are very few exits, so they have these service plazas that have, it's either always either a 7-Eleven or a Seneca gas station with a Starbucks and a Burger King and a Popeye's and an Italian-named pizza place and bathrooms and a little grocery store. We've been out there a few times, if you can't tell. I've got, I've got the, the good stops uh, written down so we know where to go. Starbucks is closed on every single one of them this time, though. Anyways, that's a different point. But uh, so we were on our way out there and God was just starting to show me all these things and, and different aspects of the turnpike that I hadn't, I hadn't thought about and different things. And it reminded me of going through Tennessee and they have those runaway truck ramps. Anybody ever driven through there? And this, this big three or four football fields long full of dirt and sand. Uh, if the semis brakes go out, they can pull off into this and it would probably not be very pleasant. But they've got those there just in case. And so the, the safety feature for them. And I just started to think about all these different things and, and God was, it's weird. There's a difference when you look at something and think about it. And when you look at something and you can hear the Lord trying to tell you and teach you something in your everyday life, he still speaks to us today. Amen. Does anybody, does anybody here not believe that God still speaks to us? If so, I'll still stop and we'll address that first. God still speaks to his children today. We can have a relationship with him because of what Christ did on the cross. When that curtain was torn from top to bottom, it gives us access to the presence of God here and now. We don't have to wait until we get to heaven. We don't have to seek out a priest or a father or somebody else to, to go to God for us. We have access to God now. We can have a relationship with him now and here in our lives. And I know you're wondering, what in the world does the turnpike have to do with Galatians chapter 3? We're getting there, I promise. There's, there's a few different levels to this that I want to touch on. But as we were driving and God was speaking to me, and he really opened my eyes to something. But see, every time that we were getting back on the interstate, and this happens to me going from Mattoon to Tuscola for work, okay? There, it never fails. Every time I'm trying to get on the interstate, there's that one person that does not understand proper interstate driving etiquette and will not get over and just let me on the interstate. And I told first, I, am, I can say this because my grandpa was a truck driver for a long time. It seems like truck drivers are sometimes the worst ones about it. I know they're driving big, big trucks and it's dangerous and I'm not going to fault anybody. But there's always somebody when I'm trying to get on the interstate that won't get out of the way. I just want people to get out of the way. Just get out of the way. Just let people on the interstate. Just Everybody just is going the same direction. Let's work together here. 
And as you've, if you've looked at the title of the sermon and now what I'm talking about, you might see where I'm going a little bit, but just hang on for just a minute. I promise we're close to getting back to Galatians chapter 3. Just work with me here for just a minute. So in this story, and as I was going and, and thinking about this, and God, he started to speak to me, and he was, he was likening the vehicle that we were into my life on this roadway. And the roadway was my life with him and walking with Christ and the church, the body of Christ. And he just began to speak to me about all of these different things. And, and I was thinking about it and, and thinking about some other uh, messages that I had preached. And I did a, a little series a while back on kingdom culture and, and talking about a lot of the issues that, that we find in the church today and different things. And we, lo- we love to blame issues in the church for the last three years. The, the whole pandemic thing is a perfect cop out for the, the, oh, it was that fault. Nobody's coming to church because of this. They're afraid of that. We just, we've made it too easy. Digital stuff's made it too easy for people to access Jesus online that they don't want to come to physical church anymore. And I was thinking about that as I was preparing this, and I found an article, a study done that was published in 2021. And according to this article that I read, church membership has dropped from 73% in 1965 to 47% in 2021. And in fact, from 1995 to the year 2000, church membership went from 69 to 70%. It actually grew. I, told, I, I must have been a Y2K. Everybody's afraid of that, so they're trying to get right with Jesus before the end of the world. But from the year 2000 until 2021, over the course of that 22-year period, church membership has gone from 70% to 47%. This is not a recent issue that we're finding in the church. And I don't share these things to scare anybody or discourage anybody. I don't even share to motivate you in a, in a righteous way to, to get on fire for God. I want to share this because I want us to wake up to the reality of the Christian church in the Western world. Did you know that a study done in 2017, 66% of people from the ages of 22 to 30 said that they had left the church for at least a year during that time period? at least a year. That's the minimum that they spent away from the church. And the majority of them, so 51% or more, the majority of people listed these things as their reasons because they felt that church members were either divisive, judgmental, or hypocritical. That was the majority answer whenever these questions were asked. And whenever I first read that, obviously I was like, there's a lot of bad Christians out there. There's a lot of crappy churches out there that are just being mean and bullying people, these elitist country clubs, and I, and I automatically think externally because surely I can't be this kind of person, right? I Never in my life have I ever been a hypocrite or a judgmental person. And as I read this and looked at it, and God re- reminded me that it, we, nobody is immune to these things. Nobody in the church, the global church or a local church, is immune from becoming judgmental or this or that or pushing someone away. None of us are immune from it. And it's important that we remember what Jesus said in Matthew 12, 25, and 26. It wasn't Abraham Lincoln that came up with this. It was Jesus. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? See, the Pharisees were accusing Jesus of driving out demons by the name of other demons. And Jesus was trying to paint this picture and get them to understand that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And if it's true for the kingdom of darkness, it's true for the kingdom of God. We cannot stand as the body of Christ if we're divided. If we're constantly pointing fingers, and if I'm, if I'm reading this article thinking, man, these people... These people are really bad. A house divided cannot stand. It's time that the body of Christ remembers that. And as I was driving through the mountains that I was talking about and I was, and I was weaving through, and I mean, it, I mean, you're there for a long time. I had a lot of time to talk with the God and try and figure out what he was trying to show me. And in that moment, he was teaching me and he reminded me that sometimes Christians are really bad at merging left. Sometimes Christians are really bad at moving over out of the way so other people can get on this journey with Christ with us. I've done it, never intentionally, but I know I've done it. We've all done it. We've all been in a place where we point and we blame or we're, we're driving down the road of life and we see something that's like, oh, 
you're not good enough to be here. No way. I know what you did. I know where you've been the last 10, 12, 15 years. No, you can't come into the church. No. Take the frontage road right over there. Speed limit's a little bit slower, but you can watch us from over there. You can figure out how to do it later. You're not, you're not qualified. You're not good enough to be on here. We all do it whether we know it or not. We like to drive on this turnpike of grace when it fits us, but then whenever we get to the, the on-ramps, we want, don't want to let people merge because we look at the works. We're saved, we're saved by grace through faith, but everyone else has to earn it whenever they come in. We get things twisted a lot of times. We look at it backwards so many times. This is where Galatians chapter 3 comes into play. I want to read a few verses out of Galatians 3 again for you, 2 through 5. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Nope. Nope, I'm not getting over and letting you on. Nope, you stole from people. Shame on you. Nope, nope. I'm, I was going to let you on, man, and then you just told me that you were looking at porn on your phone. I'm sorry. Nope, there's no, I'm staying right here. I'm not letting you over. This is my traffic lane. I've, I figured this out. I did this on my own. You, you're not worthy of it yet. You cheated on your spouse? Nope. Sorry, other road's right over there. When you figure it out, come on back and try again. We see that in the church time and time again. And the worst part is we're not only really good at not merging over and getting out of the way and letting more people on, but we're really good at pointing out the exit ramps too. Oh, exit 42, that's the porn one, dude. Oh, oh, lying, oh, that's 67, exit 67, it's a mile down the road. Whenever you get there, just kind of get off and don't worry about coming back. We've got an exit for everything. Oh, you, did, you didn't like the color we painted the walls? Well, phew. see ya. Not only do we not let people in and on the road and drive with us, but we're really good at pointing and getting people out of here too. We forget, forget, tend to forget about Luke chapter 9, 46 through 48. It says, An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts. It's the second time this morning. I want you to remember that Jesus knows our thoughts. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and, and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you who is the greatest. Nobody's going to stand at the door of a church and not let a little kid in. That's the point that Jesus was trying to make. Nobody's going to see Peter or Zeke walk in here with their little blonde hair and blue eyes just strutting along and then say, nope, nope, I heard you talk back to your dad yesterday. Probably did. But nobody wants to qualify children. That's what Christ was trying to, to make. Faith like a child, let the children in. He was saying that there's nothing that we do that can separate us from God. There's no way you can disqualify yourself from grace because you were not a factor in grace in the first place. Jesus Christ was. I think a lot of times we forget exactly how high the standard of perfection that God holds really is. If I look, if I look from a hundred feet away, if I look at a woman lustfully, I just cheated on my wife. If I have anger and malice in my heart, heart towards another person, I just murdered them in God's eyes. We forget the standard that God has set and we convince ourselves, well, if I'm just a good person, I can, I can figure it out and earn it. Because we're looking at the world system and comparing, well, I didn't do as bad as you did. But everybody thinks that I'm a really good Christian, so I'm going to keep driving in the right lane. You just stay over there. We forget that, this, that the, the level that we are to achieve is perfection, and we cannot do it on our own. The best part is we were never designed to do it on our own. Jesus was not plan B. Jesus wasn't like, oh, man, I've... They really messed up. Now what am I going to do? I'm just going to take thousands of years of trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. No. 
Jesus was with God in the beginning for a reason. He was always the plan. That passage in Luke is just three verses, but it's if the body of Christ would just apply these three verses, it would change everything. If we could just remember that what Matthew 22 says in 36 through 40, where it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. We make it way harder than it really ha- it has to be. Love God and love people. Get over out of the way and welcome those that are seeking Christ. Newsflash, we were all on the on-ramp at one point. We were all looking for something at one point and someone along the way saw us and said, you know what? Come on over and ride by me. Let's walk this together. Let's do this together. Let's find Jesus together. That's what we are called to do as the church. The church needs to quit pointing at the exit ramps and saying, hey, let's just pull over here off to the side in this little emergency pull-off area. Like, hey, what's going on? Let's figure this out together. Let me walk with you through this. We need more reminders and signs along the way of, hey, the service plaza's up here. I know life's been rough lately. Just pull off here, get refueled, fellowship with fellow believers, get back in your word, get back in prayer in the presence of God and just spend time with him and you can get back on the road when you're ready. But instead we forget about all of those things, the areas that God has placed us in people's lives and we think, well, just take the exit right over there. My life's easier if I don't have to sit here and teach you this, so just go ahead and go that way. I hope my life is never easy if it means that I'm doing what God has called me to do. We need more emergency ramps. We need more, some some of us are runaway trucks. And some of us need that one safety place and it's gonna be ugly and it's not gonna feel great, but we're not taking an exit and walking away and running away. God has put people in our lives. He has given us grace and mercy that we didn't deserve so we have a place to go until we're ready to come back on the road. Because there's somebody along that road that's gonna need you. We need to keep reading in Galatians chapter three. Let's get down to verses 23 through 29. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We forget that we are all one in Christ. If we're trying to push a brother or sister off that exit ramp, we might as well go with them because we are one in Christ. That's why we need these places, the church, Bible studies, Sunday morning worship, Sunday evening worship, Wednesday nights, Saturday mornings, whenever it is, we need these times to come around each other, to fellowship with one another, to not forsake the fellowship and come together in the name of Jesus and build one another up. That's the purpose of the church, to worship God in spirit and truth, build up the body of believers. It's not talking about numbers and saying, invite your friends and add, which we should be inviting others to be around Jesus, but that's talking about building each other up in the faith, growing in our relationship with Christ together and reach out to a lost and dying world. That's what the church is here for in the first place. The church isn't here for a place to hang out and, and find friends. The church isn't here to, to, to pay all of our bills for us and, and, and just walk through life coddling us. The church is here for us to come together with other followers of Christ and worship God, to lift each other up, to hold hands and walk through the trials of life together. And it's here as a platform to reach out to a lost and dying world. We're blessed with three pastors in this church and it's not just the three of our jobs to preach the gospel. 
It's the threefold ministry of the church, not the threefold ministry of the pastors. We're not the only ones that should come and worship, that should come and build each other up and that should reach out to, it's the body of Christ that should do that, the church. It's the three-part ministry, the threefold ministry, the threefold mission, however you want to word it, of the church, the body of Christ. The only thing, there is one thing in this world that has the power to keep someone from Christ, and it should only be themselves. The only thing that should keep someone from the grace and mercy of God is their own free will. But sometimes we like to step in the way and choose for them and say no. I can't imagine where I would be in my life today if someone had told me, you're not, you're not ready for God. You're not good enough. You're not clean enough. You're not holy enough. You're not sanctified enough yet. I wouldn't be sitting in one of these chairs, let alone standing up here talking. The only thing that should ever keep somebody from God is their own free will. And I pray that we can be the body of Christ and lead them into a place where their free will changes and they say, yes, I do choose Jesus. We as Christians should never be a reason that someone doesn't come to church, that doesn't come to Christ, that doesn't come to whatever avenue God is leading that person into a relationship with him. And it's really fairly simple. Just just scoot over, just make room. I promise there is plenty of Jesus to go around. I promise there is plenty of grace to go around. There's plenty of mercy to go around. There's plenty of forgiveness for everyone. I know if I, if I find something that I really like or, or I find a, a, a tool at work that I didn't know was there, I don't want anybody else to know about it because I don't want them to come and break it and ruin it for me, so I try to keep it to myself. Jesus isn't that way. There is plenty of Christ for everyone. All we have to do is just get over out of the way. Just invite someone. Be welcoming to them. Be loving to them. And don't get this wrong. I'm not saying that as the body of Christ, we should just put blinders on and ignore sin and ignore all of the negative things that happen in the church. I would be doing my brother and sister a disservice if I didn't call them out whenever I see something going on in their lives. But there's a difference between pulling them off to the side and saying, hey, like, I noticed this, or I really think you're struggling with this, or hey, we really need to talk about this, and saying, exit, get out of here. There's a difference between condemning someone and being used by the Holy Spirit to convict them back to righteousness and convict them back into a relationship with him. If we truly love one another, we will pull each other off to the side. We will go to the rest stop and pull over and say, hey, let's figure this out. But we should never be saying, you can't come in or the exit's right there. And I know there's no interstates in the Bible in this. The whole, the whole basis of this sermon is something that I found in my regular, ordinary life, but Scripture backs it up. There is nowhere in Scripture that will say, there's, here's the list of qualifications for someone to come to Jesus. Jesus is waiting for all of us with open arms. He is waiting for all of us with love and mercy and grace. Jesus, he took the justice for us. He took the just punishment for us. The reason that we don't have to achieve the level of perfection is because he did and he took that perfection to the cross and took everything that you carried in here this morning on himself. He became a curse and hung on a pole for us. He that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He did that for all of us. It's time that we start sharing that with others. It's time that we remember that we were saved by grace through faith and so someone else's works and actions don't apply just like ours don't either. The same grace that we found by faith is available to them too. It's time that we start to merge over. Because another place in Scripture reminds us that the path gets really narrow really fast. 
we might as well start getting over and making room for others because we're going to have to get over and get ready for that narrow path too. Let today, let tomorrow, let this week, let this month, let this year. It still feels like, it doesn't even feel like we're at the beginning of a new year anymore. Pastor Greg was up here sharing this morning. He feels a new, a new energy and excitement in this new year that he hasn't felt in a while. And I'm, I feel the same way. I felt that way this morning as I was just walking through and just hearing the, the feeling, the buzz and the energy in the church. Let this year be the year, be the time in your life. I shared with a couple people uh, last week, there's nothing magical about New Year's resolutions. It, I, try, I like to call it a solution because I can resolve a problem with my wife and then it's going to come right back up later. But when we find a solution to the problem, then it can stay solved. So I like to say New Year's solution. You can say goal. You can say whatever you want. There's nothing magic about January 1st. There's nothing magic about 2023, but that January 1st, that January 8th today can be a marker that you look back on and say, that's the day that everything changed. That's the day that I decided to get real with God. That's the day that I decided to finally let go of all the baggage that I've been carrying and allow the grace of God to surround me. That's the day that I finally decided to move over and let someone else on with me. May today be that day for us. I've prayed it before, and I'm going to pray it again as we close and as Allie and Lindsay get ready to come and lead us in, in one final song, and I'm going to continue to pray it. And some people might think it sounds silly that, that a church in the middle of a cornfield, that I would pray that this would be a ground zero for a revival and awakening like never before, but that's exactly what I'm going to pray and believe. That Jonathan Creek, here in person and online, and if you're watching online, you're close enough to drive here, you need to get yourself here next week. And if you don't live close enough to drive here, I'm going to pray that you can find a local church to get plugged into, a body of Christ that you can get involved in, in your own community that preaches the truth. If we can be a bridge to that gap, praise God. But I will never stop believing that God can use me and he can use all of you to start a revival and a change in this world. This world needs Jesus. This world needs the love of God and the grace of God. And all we got to do is move over and invite them in. May we do that this year. Lord, I thank you so much for your word, Lord. Thank you so much for this house that we get to come and gather and worship you, Lord, and build each other up, Lord. Reach the lost. Lord, I just ask that you would challenge each person that hears my voice, whether in person or digitally later, Lord. Each person that's hearing this right now, be challenged this week, Lord. Challenge to move over and make room for someone. Lord, challenge to move over and make room for that one person that they've been holding out on. For that one family member that they, they just can't, they can't accept the fact that they would love you and come into a relationship with you. Lord, we speak against these barriers that the church has built up, that we as individuals has built up. Lord, and I speak your Holy Spirit over all of us here today. Lord, may you pour out like never before and may Jonathan Creek Christian Church be ground zero for a revival like the world has never seen. For an awakening back to you like we have never seen. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your son and for your spirit. And it's in that son's name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen.